This is Chris Brooks. Thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Be sure and subscribe for free so that you don't miss an episode. For more information, visit our website, equipradio.org. Please enjoy the following pre-recorded encore presentation of Equipped with Chris Brooks. Well, hey there, friends. Welcome to another exciting edition of Equipped with Chris Brooks. I'm grateful that you've joined us today. Can you do me a favor? Strap on your seatbelt. We're going to navigate through the contours of culture, as always, with the lens of the biblical worldview on. But before we do that, let me remind you, this is the day, friends, that the Lord has made. He has given it as a gift so that you and I can rejoice and be glad in it. So let's do just that. Let's follow the words of the Apostle Paul. Let's rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And with that, I welcome you into what will be a very interactive edition of Equip. Today, I want to have a real and honest conversation about Jesus, the Bible, and human sexuality. Uh, This has become the subject, the topic of our day. And as always, it is my heart, the team here at Equip, our heart collectively to provide you with wisdom and resources that can help you to um, engage in conversations about the most critical topics of our day facing our culture and the church from a, a position, a perspective that is deeply rooted in the inerrant, infallible, inspired word of God, but deeply shaped by the compassion and love and grace that God has called us to share with all people, including those who may disagree with us. Today, we're going to take up the question, is God anti-gay? And it's a conversation that is both current and contemporary, but also very much a generational conversation. It is one that um, if you have young adult children that are in college or maybe even middle schoolers and high schoolers, they're being uh, faced and confronted with this question seemingly on every front from uh, our television shows, even cartoons to the classroom and university settings and in every single way. And you want to as a mom or dad, want to hopefully be a source of wisdom, a place where they can turn to have this conversation. And I want to equip you towards that end. As a matter of fact, the entire month we are featuring a book that I believe is still one of the most accessible and informative books on this topic. It's written by Sam Alberry. It's entitled, Is God Anti-Gay? And Other Questions About Jesus, the Bible, and Same-Sex Sexuality. I want to encourage you to get your copy. All we're asking you to do is to make a gift of any amount to the program this month. We'll send it over to you. And I know for some of you, this is an absolute answer to prayer. Here's the number. It is 888-644-4144. It's 888-644-4144. If this subject is more than just a topic of interest for you, but it's actually in your living room right now. I mean, it's a part of what's going on in your family. It is right now the source of much prayer or concern or even anxiety and and fear. Listen, we want to help you to experience God's grace and wisdom in this. The phone number again, 888 644-4144. We're going to also open up the phone lines today for a great conversation because I am proud and and grateful to be joined by our brother in Christ, Sam Alberry. He speaks around the world as a preacher and an apologist. He's part of the leadership team at Emmanuel Nashville, his home church there. He has written voluminously on many topics and 
Uh, Sam is um, a, a humble intellect, intellectual who has a real compassion for people. Sam, how are you, brother? I'm good, Chris. It's so good to be with you. Thanks for having me back. I am super grateful. This is a 10-year anniversary for your book. Let's go back to 2013 when it first came out. What prompted you to, to write it? What were you seeing in the culture at the time that prompted you to say, uh, this is something that needs to be talked about? And, and I would also couple that with the question of, what do you believe Sam Albury uniquely brings to this conversation about Jesus, the Bible, and human sexuality? Yeah, there was a, there was a lot going on back in 2013. It feels like a, a very long time ago now. Um, it was before same-sex marriage had been legally kind of allowed in the UK or the US. Um, but all of those conversations were, were going on. Um, they were a huge part of our cultural kind of discourse. Um and so I, I really felt as though, and believe it or not, there weren't that many Christian voices speaking into it at that point. And I really felt kind of convicted that someone needs to speak into this issue from within it. Um, someone who has had these inclinations, someone who's wrestled with this in their own life. I just wanted to tell people that that God's word to me is a good word and that Jesus is a good savior. So that's what prompted me to write the book. Um I, you know, there are many, many wonderful people who've who've since written on it. You'll know some of those people sure. and some of those those resources as well. Um, I think one of the things my my book seems to have been had going forward is it, it's it's very short. So I've had a lot of youth pastors say to me that this is a book they can they can put in the hands of a teenager because it it's not long. It's under a hundred pages. Um, but I hope that mixture of personal experience, understanding what the Bible says, and trying to deal with the ground level questions that that people are asking. Um, and because so much has changed in the last 10 years, that's why I decided to to re-release the book, to, to bring out a new edition, to, to kind of rewrite parts of it and try and make sure it was fit for purpose for where we're at today. Well, you certainly have done that. And it's, uh, I think, a real sign of a of a gifted author to be able to say things succinctly. Um, it is not easy. I have not been blessed with the gift of brevity. That is not my spiritual gift. Uh, but yet you've been able to say some pretty weighty and insightful things in a way that is uh, efficient, if you will, a way that is approachable. So I don't want people to be intimidated by this volume. Again, as Sam has alluded to, there's a lot of books that are out there now, a lot of, uh, praise God, a lot of great articles and wonderful content. But I think that Sam's book, again and again, is a resource that folks come back to because uh, it is authentic. It is it is uh, a, a trusted and reliable reflection on this from a scriptural perspective, but it is also very much approachable. That's why I want you to get your copy. Again, dial this number now. For yourself, for someone you love, 888-644-4144. It's 888-644-4144. The title of the book is not just meant to be provocative. When you ask the question, is God anti-gay? To me, there's two mistakes that it seems like we can potentially make with that question, Sam. And I'd love for you to react or respond to this. One mistake is to see this as purely an ethical question apart from relationship. 
So we just simply answer it as a right or wrong question. Is God anti-gay or is is uh, to uh, to uh, live with same-sex attraction, is that uh, right or wrong? To see it simply as ethical. The other mistake I think we can make is to see it simply as a relational question, but not an ethical question. To see it from a compassionate perspective, God's love, compassion, grace towards people, and to leave truth almost out of the equation. Why is it important that we see it both as an ethical and a relational question? Yeah, I love the way you frame that. Um, One of the things I most cherish about Christ himself is that in the language of John chapter 1, he's full of grace and truth. Um, Those two things go together in Jesus. And if we think we have grace without truth or truth without grace, the reality is that we have neither. Um, because they they are together in Jesus. Um, You can't have one without the other. So we we need to be embodying and expressing both the grace and truth of Jesus as we speak into this issue. Uh, Jesus, as as we see him in the Gospels, was so beautifully able to be present with sinners, to be a friend of sinners even, in a way that was genuinely expressing friendship whilst not condoning their sin or ignoring it. Um, but at the same time, he could disagree with people without rejecting them. And it seems to me we struggle to do that in our, our culture today. Um, sadly, we often struggle to do that in the church. And so biblical grace will tell the truth. And biblical truth is kind and it's gracious. So we need to make sure we're honoring the, the truth of Jesus and that the gracious heart posture of Jesus at, at the same time, if we're going to be faith, really faithful to him. It's really good that you bring that in, that grace and that truth, because one of the things that you say in your book, and it seems to be the heart of your book, is that the biblical view on sexuality does not find its origin or is not derived from anger or hostility towards a particular group of people. Talk about that, if you will, Sam. Yeah, again, we we come back to to the example of Jesus. Jesus came to sinners. He called them to repentance, but he called them to repentance by coming towards them in in friendship, in grace. Um, So I I don't think we have a a biblical warrant for singling out one group of people and disliking them. We can be frustrated with what different people believe that that often is the case. But it seems to me that that Jesus' message of repentance applies to every single one of us um, when it comes to human sexuality. In, in Matthew five twenty seven in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus basically shows that all of us are fallen and broken in this part of life. And so part of our message is if there's no hope for our gay friends, there's no hope for any of us because we're all sexual sinners and we're all ultimately in the same boat. So we need to be very careful that we're not judging others in a way that would make us open to being judged ourselves. Um Jesus is for all of us. I want to invite those who are listening to join the conversation with myself, with with Sam. The phone number to join the conversation is 877-LIVE-675. That's 877-548-3675. As you reflect on who the original audience of this book was 10 years ago, and now fast forward to this moment, Sam, um, I know it's tempting and easy to say, I hope everyone picks up the book and reads it. Uh, that's part of every author's aspiration. 
But who specifically did you have in mind? Who do you even today have in mind that you really hope reads the pages of this book? Yeah, I initially wrote it 10 years ago for for Christians, trying to help the church be clear and and gracious on this issue. It it has been used so much to give to to people who aren't Christians. And so in the rewrite, I've I've really geared the book to be as accessible, uh, as readable as possible to people outside the faith. And so my target audience, I I guess, would be the the non-Christian or struggling teenager um, who's been steeped in the culture that we find ourselves in to try to show them that Jesus is good and people are not going to care if what we say is true if they don't think it's good. So that that is the kind of target audience I, I most have in mind. Um, one of the things I've heard actually a number of times over the last few years, and it, it still blows my mind to consider it, is I've I've had... People write to me from a gay background saying that the book saved their life. And mm. I, I still struggle to to really take that on board that that's actually happened. Um, and so really, I, I want this book to serve that kind of person first and foremost, the one who might be tempted to despair and think there's, there's no good news for them anywhere in the gospel. I want them to know the love and the compassion of, of Jesus. So let's do this. Let's open up the phone lines today for for a few groups of folks. And I promise you, Sam and I will do our best to honor every caller and to uh, create a safe space for us to have honest conversation. I think the worst thing that can happen is for us to sanitize this discussion to a place where it's not helpful or useful or to ignore how important and critical the conversation is is uh, I think the second worst thing we could do is to treat this as if it, it's just a question and without real people who are living real lives behind it. So I want to open up our phone lines, and I would love for those of you to call in that are really processing your questions about Jesus, the Bible, and sexuality, who may even be struggling with the concern, is the gospel good news to those who maybe struggle with reconciling their view of sexuality with the message of scripture is the words of Jesus are the words of Jesus really good news to to your heart I also want to invite in those moms and dads who are listening who are engaged in this conversation and really want to present Jesus as uh, as a friend to all who desires all to be saved and uh, and who brings us good news to the sexually broken and wondering how do I uh, express this to my son, my daughter, to my grandson, granddaughter? The phone number for you is 877-LIVE-675. But for all of us, this is a resource that I believe is a must-read. I wish I could deliver it to every home in America, but I can't. But you can call now, 888-644-4144. Or if it's easier, go to our website, EquipRadio.org. There's so much more to come next up with Sam Alberry on Equip.
Many of our lives are impacted by confusion over sexuality. Loved ones may ask if it's possible to be a gay Christian. Others may wonder if God still loves them if they have same-sex attraction. Sam Alberry's book, Is God Anti-Gay? explains what the Bible says about sexuality and how God's purposes for sexuality far exceed the promises offered by our culture. Request your copy with a gift of any amount. Call 888-644-4144 or visit EquipRadio.com. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks, our resource of the month that I pray will give you wisdom and, and encouragement on how to have conversations about Jesus, the Bible, and sexuality. It's written by Sam Alberry. It's entitled, Is God Anti-Gay? If ever there was a question for our day, it's that question. We want to make it as broadly accessible as possible. So we're inviting you to call now. Um, a gift of any amount, we'll send it over to you, 888-644-4144. That's 888-644-4144. Sam joins me today. Sam, if you don't mind, I want to go to the phone lines. Gail is listening to us in Clark County, Alabama. Hey, Gail, thank you so much for listening to Equip. What's your question for Sam? Thank you for taking my call. Uh, My daughter is almost 22 years old, and I guess my question is, what is your best advice on how to engage her? She has been brought up in church by the grace of God, and she knows that it's against, well, she doesn't agree. Somehow or another, you know, she thinks that she is saved and that she knows the Lord. I know that she is not saved. outside of attending Sunday school and worship service, mostly just on Sunday mornings. You know, what is the best advice? She she has been same-sex attracted since middle school. I think she's on the Asperger, like the autism spectrum. I don't know that for sure. I can't get her to. She just isolates. She doesn't have any friends. She has this virtual relationship with a girl in the Philippines. So she thinks she's saving up her money to go there, which is a whole other danger. But she's just really naive. But my main mm-hmm. thing is, what is the best advice as to how to engage her so that she doesn't isolate? She thinks I reject her because I don't just... She thinks, Mama, it's not a cause and effect. It just is the way I am. That's what she sure. said. Sure. I appreciate, Gail, your call. My heart breaks for so many of the things you just shared. And we certainly want to provide whatever encouragement possible we can. Uh, Sam, what's your response to Gail? Yeah, thank you so much, Gail. And there'll, there'll be countless other people that you you are actually speaking for in a very similar situation. Um, and I think there's there's a few things here we can, we can profitably think about. I think a rule of thumb that has helped me in many conversations is don't, don't say to someone what you can't say to everyone. So I'm not saying to someone who's same-sex attracted that you are a sinner. I'm saying we, all of us, are sinners. Not, none of us is is what we should be. So that's that's the first thing, is to make sure we're, we're always putting ourselves in the same boat as the person we're speaking to, that they're not feeling singled out or treated differently. Uh, the second thing I'd want to say is that, that all of us are a product of both Genesis 1 and Genesis 3. We're a product of Genesis 1, which means... You know, we, we we bear the image of God. We do matter to the universe. We we, you know, God has given us worth as as His creations. 
But because of Genesis 3, we can't simply say that all the things that we feel are, are natural and that God made us this way and that those things are neutral. Um, the fall has distorted all of us. And so the reason Jesus has come is to, to restore all of us, to give us back our humanity. And that is true of every single one of us. All of us need Jesus. All of us need Jesus in every single area of life. And your, your daughter is, is no different to any of the rest of us. I think the other thing I'd say is that, you know, all of us, just by existing in the culture we exist in, it's so easy for us to absorb narratives from our culture. And one of the most kind of pervasive narratives of our culture at the moment is that you are your sexuality, that this is the most significant thing about you, that you can't be full or complete or whole without some form of sexual fulfillment. And I, I want to sort of undermine that narrative and say, actually, there's a lot of assumptions behind that, that is, as Christians, we don't hold to, that actually we find fullness of life in a very different direction um, and not to put our hope in our sexuality or in sexual fulfillment. So I, I hope that's a bit of a help. Let's pray together as well uh, for Gail. And as Sam mentioned, I think Gail represents so many uh, moms, so many dads that are out there. And uh, I want to pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your goodness and your grace towards us, for the love expressed through the cross of Christ. Uh, for the invitation that we have for a relationship with you. You call us out of our loneliness and into communion. And so, Lord, I pray that Gail and her daughter will know communion, communion with you and communion with one another. Christ is um, the only one that can heal this. And so, Lord, we do petition for that healing, um, the healing of a broken relationship, the healing of a heart that's been influenced and shaped by culture so deeply. I pray that your truth would uh, break through and that Gail's daughter would know that the gospel is good news to her, to all of us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hmm. I appreciate you giving us a call. Gail, 877-548-3675 is the number. If you want to get your copy of the book, Is God Anti-Gay?, I would encourage you to go to our website, equippedradio.org, so that you can uh, procure your copy. Um, I think this is the type of book that really becomes an invitation, if you will, Sam, that when uh, the young adults in our life come to us with these hard questions, it's not just for us to direct them to the right resources. In many ways, it's an invitation for us to join them on on a journey where maybe we can read through the resource together or talk through this as we walk through their questions together. That's deeply needed in this generation, isn't it? Oh, very much so, yeah. We, we need to not just have answers, but we need to understand why people are asking the very questions that they're asking. Um, what, what has brought them to the point where they are thinking in the way that they're thinking and to be engaging with those things as well? So what do you think, Sam, as you've pondered this question, is God anti-gay? What do you think is really at the heart of the core of this question? I know it can vary for many, but as you think about our culture, what's at the heart of this question? It really does vary from person to person, but I think it, it ultimately boils down to how do we how do we know what's good for us? 
can can we trust that that Jesus Himself will be good to us? Um, because the again the cultural narratives that we just absorb so so easily and so readily prime us to think that actually that the particular avenues Jesus might be closing off are the avenues we really need to actually live. And so it doesn't matter if we're convinced the Bible even says it. If it doesn't sound good to us, we're not going to believe it. So we do need to taste and see that the Lord is good in this part of life as he is in in every part of life. And to realize that the Bible's inviting us into a much more compelling narrative than our culture is. Um, that the you know the biblical understanding of, of sexuality puts me in a narrative where actually I, I can have the deepest form of, of union and communion that is that is possible through the one who calls himself the bridegroom. Um, there's purpose, there's meaning, there's fulfillment in all of that. There's some hardships and constraints, of course, as well. But the thing that's most helped me is, is realizing what God is inviting me into, not just what he's calling me to turn away from. And sometimes I think our, our messaging as, as Christians has been focusing on the negative and not actually showing people the positive that God is drawing us into. So well stated. The phone number is 888-644-4144. Moms and dads, I want to highly encourage you to get your hands on a copy of this. Also, young adults who maybe want to have their own questions answered, but also want to engage mindfully, thoughtfully, compassionately with their peers I want to invite you to get a copy as well. Sam's book, I think, brings sensitivity, clarity, courage, and wisdom all together in one volume on this subject, all in an approachable and accessible way. That's why I'm commending to you all month long the book, Is God Anti-Gay? And other questions about Jesus, the Bible, and same-sex sexuality by Sam Alberry. Go to our website, equipradio.org. When we come back, I'm going to ask Sam the question, why does it even matter to God or to others who we love, who we sleep with? Why is that a matter of importance? Don't go anywhere. Much more to come next up on Equip with Chris Brooks. You're listening to a pre-recorded Encore presentation of Equipped with Chris Brooks. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. Sam Alberry is my guest. We're taking up one of, I think, the most important questions of our culture. It's about sexuality. Is God anti-gay? We have to answer this question, and we need to do it both from an ethical perspective, but also a relational perspective. I believe at the root of this, yes, there's the question of what does the Bible have to say? Is this right or wrong? Is God pleased or not? But I think also... It's a question of identity and relationship and affirmation versus rejection. And all of that is wrapped up in this one question. And it's also wrapped up in us as we try to process and journey through a culture that I think is more confused about sexuality uh, than than any other generation uh, before us. And I feel for our children I'm a dad, I'm a parent, so I come to this moment not just as a broadcaster, an interviewer, or a pastor. I come as a parent recognizing that for many of us, this is not theoretical. This is 
deeply, deeply personal and practical. So I, I want to get this resource in your hand because it's been such a blessing in my life as well. Is God Anti-Gay is the name of the book. You can get a copy um, today, right now, uh, for a gift of any amount to the program. All you have to do is dial the number 888 888- 644-4144. That's 888-644-4144. Sam, I want to go to the phone lines. Jody has been waiting in Cleveland, Ohio. Thanks, Jody, for your call. Thanks for listening to Equip. What's your comment for Sam? Yeah, mine's, thanks for taking the call. Mine's more of a, a statement. None are righteous, no, not one. And why do we judge? We're not supposed to. We're supposed to discern and not judge. And I feel like we go back, we're supposed to love the sinner but hate the sin. Okay. So it's not our job to be judgment. I appreciate, Jody, your call. Thanks for sharing that comment. And again, just like the previous callers here, Sam, I think Jody represents a broader line of thinking in this area that's representative of many who are listening to this conversation. Um, Where do we find the basis of weighing in? Should we even weigh in on this question? Should we write books about this topic? Or should we just let bygones be bygones and and not weigh in? What's your thought there, Sam? How do you respond to Jody's question? Yeah, it's a great it's a great comment. Thank you, Jody. Um, I, God's truth is is true, and it's it's God's truth. So it needs to be affirmed. It needs to be believed. It needs to be commended. It's it's actually a kind thing to point people to God's truth. But as we do so, we remember it's God's truth and not ours. So if I'm in conversation with a with a friend and they ask me for my my opinions on these things and I share what I think, sometimes they might say to me, "Well, who are you to tell me?" who I should sleep with or not sleep with. And my, my honest answer is, oh, I'm no one. I, I'm no one at all. But but God does have the right because he made us. Um, mm. He was the one who came up with the idea of human sexuality to start with. So I have no right to to weigh in on what other people are doing. But I, I do believe that God has that right, that he has spoken on these things, and that what he has spoken is is difficult for every single one of us but it's also good for us. Um, so I, I do want to make it clear, this is not me throwing my weight around. This is me simply responding to what I believe our, our creator has said. And ultimately, my, my rule of thumb in so many of these things is to, is to put the blame on Jesus and to say, well, I've, I, I have the convictions I have on this because I'm a follower of Jesus and this is what he says. So if someone wants to to change my mind on on my beliefs, they're going to have to change my mind on Jesus. So, but I, I think um, that the, the basic point is right. We're not the ones who are to judge other people. Um, that is God's prerogative. But we do receive what God has said, and we do tr- seek to commend that to, to other people, um, precisely because God is the one who will judge. You know, I think that we have to remember the nature, and you've alluded to this, the nature of the commandment that uh, we've been given in the Great Commission, uh, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28. I'll start in verse number uh, 19, where we are told that um, 
that we're to go and make disciples of all nations. We are to baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. But then verse 20, and this is, uh, Jody, I think why we have to talk about this. He commands us to teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. He doesn't make it optional for us to privatize our faith. Now, certainly, as Sam has alluded to, we're in no position to to judge one person to the next because all of us are in need of, of his grace. We all have fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us finds ourselves uh, equal at the foot of the cross. But yet, Sam, um, w- once we have chosen to follow Jesus and to trust him, uh, we have been given a commission, a commandment to uh, teach others to obey um, all that he has commanded. Um, In particular, this is speaking of those uh, who are also followers of Christ within the household of faith. So, So topics like this, questions like this, I think, Sam, are unavoidable. They are. And again, if, if we believe that God has spoken and that God is good, then actually we we want people to know what he said. Not because I want people to live more ethically Christian. <laughs> actually, my, my main priority is, is that people will come to Jesus because he's the one who can change our hearts, change our wants, change our desires, change our lives. Um, but I do want to let people know what Jesus says about these things. People often ask me what what do, what do I believe as a Christian concerning these things? So I, I have to point them to to what Jesus actually says. But in the context of saying the reason Jesus says these things isn't because he's telling us to pull our socks up and to do better, but because we we need him. All of us are all of us are broken in our sexuality, and Jesus has come to be good news for every single one of us. I really want to encourage you to call the number if you haven't already done so. Uh, This is deeply personal, deeply practical for so many of you. And that's why this resource was handpicked by our team uh, for you to encourage you and to give you the wisdom you need in order to navigate these conversations. Dial the number 888-644-4144 to get your copy of Is God Anti-Gay? That's 888-644-4144. And even if you find yourself a skeptic of Christianity critical of, um, of of any particular p- uh, position, it's important that we not just uh, shadow box with straw man arguments and never really engage in a sincere way uh, the perspective or voice of Scripture. Uh, I would encourage you to read and study for yourself so that if you do ultimately decide to reject a perspective of Scripture, it won't be because of some meme or caricature of what scripture is saying. It's because you sincerely evaluate it it yourself. So I do invite you into that discussion. 888-644-4144. Sam, some will say, did Jesus even talk about same-sex sexuality? Was that even a subject he, he spoke about? What's your response to that? Yeah, it's a it's a common thing for people to ask and a very understandable thing for people to ask, because if, if Jesus didn't say anything about these things and we have to assume he didn't have a problem with them. And if he didn't have a problem with them, then we shouldn't have a problem with them. Um, at human sexuality in some very ways, 
Um, he didn't mention same-sex sexuality explicitly. His, his apostles did. Um, but what Jesus does say about sexuality in general is enough for us to deduce what he would have you know, believed about same-sex sexuality. Uh, we know that Jesus upheld the, the teaching and the authority of the Old Testament. The Old Testament was very clear that marriage is, is between a man and a woman and that that is the only context for sexual intimacy. Uh, we see Jesus not only reaffirming that, but intensifying that in the Sermon on the Mount. Um, we see Jesus saying that marriage is between a man and a woman, in, in, that sex outside of marriage is out of our hearts in passages like Matthew 15. So there's, there, there are a sufficient coordinates from what Jesus does say to leave us in no doubt that he was um, upholding and even intensifying that the sexual ethic of the Old Testament. And so when, for example, the Apostle Paul talks about same-sex relationships in Romans 1 or in 1 Corinthians 6, he's not saying anything that's in, in contradiction of what Jesus is saying. He's simply applying the teaching of Jesus yes. to that particular issue as, as he was encountering it. You know, there's so many topics. It's interesting to me in some ways how that question often comes to us. There's so many topics that we can just enumerate in our culture that there's not explicit teaching for from Jesus or or maybe it didn't come up in his conversation that we wouldn't assume that the opposite means that there's permission to do it. Just think about human trafficking for a moment, right? This isn't the mm. topic that uh, I can point to the gospel chapter and verse and say, hey, Jesus spoke about this. But clearly the under the broader uh, subject of uh, how we treat image bearers, um, uh, the broader subject of um, uh, of justice, the broader uh, subject of sexuality even, I can conclude that if Jesus doesn't say anything that disrupts the, the teaching of Scripture uh, from uh, the Torah through throughout, that there's not a, a change of perspective here on that. And I think that we have to uh, understand that um, we, when, we encounter, when we encounter Scripture, we're encountering an entire narrative that has been God's Word from beginning uh, to end. Sam Alberry is my guest. We're going to take a final break today. The phone number to join the conversation is 877-LIVE-675. These breaks only allow you the opportunity to be able to get your hand on the resource. Go to our website, equipradio.org. But if Jesus' words, if the gospel is really good news to those living with same-sex attraction, then uh, what do we say to those who might find themselves depressed or anxious or even dealing with suicidal thoughts today? I want to give Sam an opportunity to speak to uh, to those those groups. Maybe it's you living with a heavy heart, trying to reconcile your love for Jesus with your real sexual desires. I want to give uh, an opportunity for Sam to respond to that. So don't go anywhere. If you want to get your copy of the book, call 888-644-4144. We'll be right back. 
does the Bible really teach about homosexuality? Did Jesus mention it? Aren't the Old Testament laws null and void? These are questions many Christians face, and we must all be prepared to answer. That's why I want to recommend to you Is God Anti-Gay? And other questions about Jesus, the Bible, and same-sex sexuality by Sam Alberry. Request a copy today when you support Equip with a gift of any amount. Call 888-644-4144 or visit Equip Radio. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. Sam Alberry is my guest. Um, we want to get to the phone lines. I know there are many of you who have called in. We've tried to make sure that we uh, weave in the uh, questions that you have as you call, as well as um, the content of the book, because I want you to have a, a feel for both. But we want to honor you. And, and so I want to go back to the phone lines. Susan is listening in Boston. Susan, thank you so much for listening to Equip. What's your question for Sam? Well, I actually kind of had a statement, if you don't mind. Okay. Um, My husband, 10 years ago, his son called him up and told him that he was a transgender. And, of course, it's very devastating because we're from a Christian home, and he knows how we feel about it. You know, I believe most gay and homosexuals already know what the Bible teaches about it. So, you know, it was hard for my husband because he told him on the day that his first wife died. So he was even more devastated. Well, he kept in touch with him. We kept in touch with him throughout the last 10 years. We didn't cut it off. And we helped him where we could. But we always tried to be loving. And even though I'm not his mother, I was always loving and kind to him on the phone. I never spoke disparagingly of him. Um, He... He was transgender, but he was still living with his wife. So, you know, I guess I don't know why he did it, but he did. Well, now we're 10 years down the road. And guess what? He just called up the other day and said he's no longer transitioning and he stopped taking the drugs. That's his decision. His father really has no influence on him because he's an adult right now. Sure. um, Sure. To do these things. So we just kept in touch and tried to be kind and be Christian. You know, yeah. we are Christians regardless of who we're being Christian to. So yes. uh, now he's, he's no longer transitioning, and we're thrilled. You know, because you can't see 10 years down the road with those that are saying, well, I want to be gay now, or I want to be a transgender now. They may change their mind, yeah. and something might happen in their lives to cause them to do that. And if we're mean and evil and you can't, you've got to stop all this nonsense, um, they're not going to want to talk to you. They're not going to want to tell you anything about them. We still love them, and if he died tomorrow, I'd want to know. So we're glad we kept the doors open. Well, I appreciate you giving a call, <clears throat> Susan, so much to the story there, uh, and and certainly not enough time to unpack it all. Uh, I think what's most important uh, is, um, in my prayer, is that all of this is connected to a relationship with Jesus, which is ultimately uh, our heart's cry and, and passion. But I am grateful for many things that Susan said, Sam, concerning um, our, our need to to love, to recognize that it is God that is at work in changing hearts, that we can't do it. Your thoughts or reflections, Sam? Yeah, just thank you for that. I think I, I dropped out for a bit of that as well, so apologies for that. Yeah, I, th- I think what, one of the ways we love someone is doing 
as much as we can to understand them. Um, I think it's Proverbs 18 verse 13 says that to give an answer before you hear is folly and shame. And I know it's helped me be a better neighbor to gay and transgender friends to, to listen carefully to where they're coming from, uh, to listen to how, you know, their story, if they're comfortable sharing it, to get a sense of the ups and downs, some of the pains and griefs that they've been through, to do all I can to understand that, that that will often give me a bit more wisdom in, in knowing how to share something of Christ with them. But I, I really echo what was just said, that we, we never have a reason not to love someone. Um, and sometimes we we just have to keep loving someone over a long period of time and making sure that they know that we're, we're always open to friendship, um, yeah. that they can always come to us. And, and sometimes people's thinking does change. Um, I think one of the reflections on hearing that was, again, a lot of this comes down to identity. And we have a way of understanding who we are as we come to know our creator that gives us an identity that is is so much more healthy than simply sort of labeling ourselves um you know these categories of sexual identity we have today actually don't serve us well um because they encourage us to to sort of find our deepest significance in an area of life that is that is very personal but isn't actually at the heart of who we are and we will have a more kind of stable sense of self if we actually know ourselves in the light of, of our creator. So G Jesus really helps us with this if we come to know ourselves through him. What what should we do, Sam? And maybe this is a question we got to conclude on. What should we do if we are that trusted friend or parent or loved one that a person um, is willing to talk to and open up with about their sexuality, maybe even come out to and, and share their same-sex um, attractions with. What what should we do, and what's your hope for the book and its impact on those who read it? Yeah, I mean, anytime anyone opens up about something that personal to us, that's that's a privilege for us to receive that. I think I always want to thank someone when they've trusted me with something like that. That's That's often an act of vulnerability. Uh, in many cases, someone may have felt nervous sharing this part of themselves with a with a Christian. So, I want to kind of be mindful that this this may have been a big deal for them to to let me know this. Um, again, I want to listen well to to however much of their story they're happy to share. Um, I want them to know that they I hope they will never have any reason to question my my love for them. Um, I want them to know how much they mean to me. I want them to know how much Jesus means to me. And that I'd, I'd love them to know Christ themselves. And I'm, I'm not going to sort of shove the gospel down their throat every time I interact with them. But I, I hope I will always be open to any spiritual questions, concerns, even objections that they may have. But I, I want to be a really good friend to them. Sam, you're a blessing and we're, we're grateful for you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Friends, I want to encourage you. Get a copy of the book, Is God Anti-Gay? Maybe you can be that trusted friend who points people to Jesus in the life of others. Until we're together again next time, as always, remember, Equip with Chris Brooks is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. Hey there, friends. Chris Brooks here. 
Women in ministry is a topic that generates a lot of questions, like what does the Bible teach about women ministering in their homes and even in the church? We're going to talk about how a woman can discern her calling with a veteran panel of women leaders on the next edition of Equip. Listen live weekdays at 1 Eastern, noon Central, on the Moody Radio app or equipradio.org.